I wonder if that's going to have to be fixed in post. <laughs> and in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Investment Property Income Podcast. As always, my name is Jeff Eady and joining me today is my good friend, uh, one of Canada's top mortgage brokers and uh, just generally a heck of a nice guy, Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today? Oh, Jeff, always, always doing phenomenal when I'm speaking with you. And every time you come out with your intros, I'm just like, okay, wait a second. My level just came up to a whole new high. I'm awesome. How about yourself, Jeff? I'm pretty fantastic. Thanks. Uh, just came off the, the long weekend and feeling ready to start our week here. And, you know, sometimes it can be challenging to, uh, to continue to work on something when you lose your why. And I think that's a really good thing for us to talk about today is, is why you started doing what you're doing, why we put out these podcasts, how you got started. And uh, just generally, I guess the, the, the going term would be your origin story. <laughs> the, the, the superhero origin story, is that what we're going with here? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, so, Jonathan, how, how long have you been in the mortgage business? I got into it actually in 2008. So what, 13, 13 years, a little bit over 13 years at this point. Okay. 13 years. And how long did it take you before you became successful? Uh, it took a little while, uh, but really started seeing, and I'll go through there, there were also levels of success, but really started seeing by about the end of the first year, that's when started to see some of the fruits of the labor that have been putting in really start to show up to the point where, hey, it started changing the way I looked at the business, started changing the way I could live my life. Mm -hmm. um, did you, were you working on the job when you first started? Initially, yes. Okay. So you were just kind of starting out part-time and... But that, that changed very quickly because realized very, very soon into it that, uh, that doing it part-time isn't going to cut it. So sort of had to take the leap of faith at some point. Yeah, fair. Um, it's interesting. So how did you really start generating business? I guess that's, that's a really good question for, for people beginning in the business. It really came down to, and when I go back through, so the, the one thing I should say is that when I started it, it was, I was with my girlfriend at the time and who became my wife, who became my business partner. We've since separated and we're divorced and everything else. Who became uh, but, your ex-wife. <laughs> exactly. All, all, all that stuff. But, but, uh, but I will just say that her and I really started in it together. Mm -hmm. So initially, yes, I was working. She actually started it, uh, started first. I was working. And then when I made the decision, you know what, to really do this, I've got to get into it. Uh, it you say, how did, how did things really get started? It was, it was essentially waking up every day and the mindset became, what can I do today to generate a deal? And that's initially what it was. Um, a lot of, I'll just say crude methods. I, I, I will Jokingly, well, not jokingly, but uh, but I've actually been banned from handing out flyers in TTC parking lots. <laughs> so, something something that I did, just hey, you know what? I know there's I know there's people there. I know there's people this time of day. Let's hand out flyers. So they took so the uh, the the transit cops took my ID, said, hey, listen, we can't be doing this here. So they 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 gave me a warning, uh, but they said, hey, if I do it again, then it won't be just a warning. So I, I took that message, but but ultimately it was it was what can I do today? 
And so fly, handing out flyers one day, I mean, calling people, I did some door knocking, uh, really would spend weekends hitting open houses, talking to realtors and did a lot of networking, hit every event, really every event could find that was anything real estate related, joined a BNI group, I actually had to start my own BNI group because in certain professions, mortgage brokering being one of them, uh, the only way to get into one is I, I'd like to say it's through somebody passing away or through starting your own. And so <laughs> I, I, I don't ish will ish. I don't uh, wish ill on anybody. So I just opted for the second. <laughs> well, Hey, you know what? That's, that's the difference between being a follower and a trailblazer, right? That's, you can't find a BNI group that, that doesn't have a mortgage broker. Well, <laughs> start your own. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting. I guess, I guess you could say you learned by screwing it up a whole bunch of times. Exactly. It was, it, I'll, I'll say it's the, the kind of the beauty of ignorance that I didn't know what I didn't know. So it's, Hey, let's just go out and let's just do whatever I can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I could totally relate. I, I remember doing a large event several years ago and, uh, anytime there were those real estate events going on around Toronto, I would go fly the parking lot myself. So <laughs> I can totally relate, which that doesn't work very well. It's not an effective method, uh, <laughs> but that is a great way to, to, to get started is by learn by screwing it up so many times that you have to get it right. And the, the other thing I'll just say as well, that on the flip side, the one thing that I did that I know pretty much nobody in the industry did, and I know this from talking to people, uh, is that I studied my lenders inside and out. I knew their products in a lot of cases better than they did. I, I, I had a few instances where, hey, a new BDM would come in, introduce themselves. I started asking him questions. He's just like, he sort of looks and says, okay, you're not the average mortgage person <laughs> because no, nobody asked me those questions. Nobody's actually gone through the things in the detail. And so that allowed, that allowed me to really differentiate myself because I knew how to package things. I knew how to put deals together when they did start coming in. I knew how to have the conversations that a lot of experienced mortgage brokers didn't know how to do just because I knew the products better. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's where your, your analytical skills really came to. Yeah, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's a combination of, of two things. You've got to have, you've got to have the outgoing, you've got to meet people, you've got to network, you've got to, you need a source of business coming in. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who can do that side, but you also need to, if you, and if you don't have this skill, find somebody who can really help you with that side there, somebody who knows the products, knows the stuff, knows how to package the deals, because I'll just say that you can piss off a lot of lenders very quickly if you send them the wrong stuff. And they just sure. like, hey, listen, you, you, you sent us 10 deals. Not one of these is within our guidelines. You didn't even look at our guidelines before you sent it. We don't want to deal with you. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely, uh, um, I, I can relate in understanding the lender side of it. So let's talk about the, the borrower side. What made you get into this? Like, why, why do you continue to do finance? Because you and I both know, Dealing with people in any business can be a massive challenge, both good and bad. Yes. But uh, what keeps you in it? What, what, what keeps your heart there? It's really the, and there, there, there are, I'll just be honest, there's ups and downs in the businesses. There's great days. There's days that are challenges. I like to say that 90% of it's great. And that's, that's what I, 
that's what it truly is. You've got every once in a while you do have the challenges. So what keeps me going through one of those tough days, one of those deals that doesn't close? I mean, that's rare, but hey, I'm not able to help these people or things, there's trouble coming up and really got to scramble last minute. Those are the days where what keeps me going. And it's really seeing and talking to people and truly helping people, helping them change their financial life, helping them change their financial future, helping them really put them in a situation that will improve their life and improve the life of their family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's very interesting there. Just watching, you know, unfortunately listeners can't see what just happened, but you and I knowing body language, the way that we know body language, you just sat forward. You started talking faster. It was very interesting. So I can see that really is what drives you through all of this, which is really cool. I know I've helped a couple of people in very dire situations to recover what was, you know, able to be left of their uh their their equity in their home and not lose their home so i can certainly relate to that and you have one of those situations somewhat recently did you not there is a situation that is exactly along those lines very recently yes <laughs> you want to just kind of talk about that a little obviously i know you can't go into details on here but just kind of talk about the overall and, and how you were able to help really this is a situation where there were people who well, family, they, they bought a house under, we spoke about uh, a few weeks ago about the rent-to-own program. So they bought a house under the rent-to-own program. Mm -hmm. uh, due to COVID, they have experienced some financial difficulties. Um, and I'll say just due to what's been happening in the market, they happen to be, they bought the house in an area where the prices have exploded. Yeah. Where it's gone up. I mean, the house was worth at the time, the contract they've got, they've bought to buy it is 600,000. Let's just say that it's worth a few hundred thousand more than that. So, so they're really in a situation that while they're going through some financial trouble right now, due to loss of income coming in, they're sitting on a lot of equity that could really change their, really just help them out, change their financial perspective today. Uh, so was able to source a lender. We had to go due to the circumstances, needed to go private funds mm -hmm. um, and needed to find somebody because some of the private lenders will look at what's the value of the house today and not just what's the, what's the value you're buying it at. And because of that, we're able to actually buy it in the house. So the equity that's built up in the house, they're now able to take advantage of that and not the investor who initially bought the house, who I'll just say made a good return with what, what they did based on the price that it was purchased from them for and everything else. So the investor did well, uh, but this gave the, uh, the actual people who now own the house, it gave them an opportunity to take advantage of this situation that is helping their, helping improve their, their family's financial health. <laughs> Had a little trouble spitting out the end of that, eh? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. So, so and, basically, and, and let me just say, thanks for pointing that out in case somebody missed that I had trouble spitting it out. <laughs> So, so basically what you're able to do is change somebody's life with this finance. You know, I didn't understand the impact of it. I remember when I first got involved in mortgages, a friend of mine telling me that, you know, you're helping people change their lives. And I didn't connect with it on a human level, but the more I'm in business, the more I'm in, in finance, I understand that it does come down to the human level. And it's one person at a time that is affected by the decisions that financiers make or the help that somebody with experience like you is able to give to the average person. I mean, let's face it, when you go to the bank, most of the time, 
most of the time, the people that you're going to be dealing with, you know, the mortgage specialists, don't stay mortgage specialists for all that long. They're typically trying to get to the next position in the bank eventually, right? That's right. Yes. So you've always got somebody who's going to be within probably five years of knowledge and moving up to the next position. Well, let, let me, I'm just going to differentiate here because you've got the, I'll say the, the mobile mortgage specialist at the bank and the people who are, who are call it just the, the, the person who often, Hey, we got this office. You come in, talk to them at the bank and the person you just talk to. Yeah. That person, usually they're, they're versed in a whole range of products with what they've got. And so they know a little bit about mortgages, but not everything about mortgages. Mm -hmm. uh, the mobile, the actual mobile mortgage people, they tend to be more specialized and there are some of them who, who will stay in that for a long period of time, but it really all depends on what's on what's happening. But oftentimes, if there's an opportunity to advance, you're completely right. They will take advantage of that. Yeah. So you're not going to find somebody with uh, a decade of experience sitting in that role. Typically. Typically. No. Yeah. Of course there's exceptions to every rule. So we can't be certain. Oh, I did want to say though, uh, we put out a podcast last week where you actually gave a certain answer and didn't say it depends. I was very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to point that out. I was re-listening to it this week. <laughs> well, well, all I got to say is it depends on the day because sometimes I can give that answer. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know I, I've certainly uh, been, I've been uh, invited actually by you to speak at uh, one of your weekly meetings with your team. Do you want to talk about how you developed the team and, and how many people were working with you at one point? Yeah, so uh, really decided relatively soon into the business that uh, that opening up a brokerage made some sense. So opted to go that route, got a brokerage going. How long did that take you? <sighs> I mean, opening up the brokerage was, was a pretty quick process. Getting agents and building the brokerage is a different story. <laughs> uh, but but really, if really going through, that was probably... A, I'll say that's about a four to five year investment to get it to the point where it makes sense to have the brokerage. Okay. So that's a, that's a big role. And, and, and by, by it makes sense. I just look at when you go through and say, what's the return I'm making it making from it versus the time effort and cost to run it. It's, it's about four to five years before it starts. It started really paying for itself. <laughs> and how long did you own that brokerage? Uh, owned it for close to 10 years. Okay. So, you had five years, five real good years is what you're saying. I had five, five good years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you had uh, about 90 agents working for you. Is that? Yeah. Went through, it went through some evolutions, but, uh, but went through uh, joined joined forces. It made sense to join force with another brokerage. And towards the end, yeah, there were, uh, there were upwards of 90 agents that we had at one point. Wow. How do you manage all those people? Really? You need a good team around you. Yeah, fair. So you didn't is what you're saying. I <laughs> uh, did, did, but basically had people who good people who did their, did their, did their parts. You need someone to take care of the compliance, you need someone who can answer questions. You need all those different pieces and then organizing events and everything else. So what going forward captures your heart and keeps you in this business? <laughs> Really what's become my passion is the investing side. And because that's where, yeah, you go through the situations like did with that family we spoke about. Yeah, I can do a little bit, but ultimately 
I'll just say, and if they don't take steps to change what they're doing, all that's doing is that's just pushing things out, is pushing out mm-hmm. where they're at. But ultimately, educating people, show them that, showing them the value that real estate as an investment can truly have to change their, really their financial future and the financial future of their family. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where I really get my passion from because that's where I can really truly change lives. I really wish there were other words to adequately adequately describe what you're saying and only because i sit in so many groups of people or or um obviously not groups of people now but um i have so many conversations with people that are close to me who don't understand the potential that they have with what they already have and i hear them complain about money i hear them uh, talk about not being able to retire. And yet they're unwilling to take those steps to become financially free, to become, you know, what they want, their, their dream. They'd rather play the lottery than actually sit down and have a conversation about how to change things. Do you have any advice for that type of thinking? It's really, I mean, if, if that's where your, your thinking truly is, then you're kind of stuck. You've got to, I mean, the only advice for that kind of thinking is you've got to change it. You've got to talk to different people. You've got to educate yourself on different options. If you're kind of like, hey, the lottery is the only way out, um, then you've got to take some time and talk to people, find out, read what you can, just find different perspectives, people who have been in similar circumstances who have truly changed their lives. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't change that that mindset, then you're stuck. It's uh, it saddens me to be honest with you when you see what people could do, but they're afraid to take that first step, or you know they just say they're not interested yet they still buy lottery tickets every week. Anyhow, on that, <laughs> that's a frustrating thing, and that's unfortunately dealing with people that you're trying to help in those situations. It's exactly the same thing as you were talking about with that house you know, helping those people. Great. It, it feels good one time, but then you're going to probably have to do it over and over and over again until they decide to change some of their habits. Exactly. And, the case. Uh, yeah. Leading a horse to water can definitely wash you out of the business. So I like that it's evolved to helping investors, helping people who want to help themselves is it's so much easier. Oh, exactly the case. It's pe- people, people who truly want to change are just looking for a path mm-hmm. though and they're they're willing to listen and take steps those are the people who uh really get get pleasure out of talking with well i hope we have inspired through these podcasts perhaps someone to take the next step but um it isn't necessarily about inspiring for us it's about education is that what you're saying it is yes yes because once you educate you can take them so much further than just trying to inspire somebody what was it uh you shouldn't just get motivated because what if you take somebody who's an idiot? Now you have a motivated idiot. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it's funny. That was the exact quote that came to me. Uh, just before you said that, I was thinking the exact same thing. So I've heard the same quote. Hilarious. <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have any motivated idiots listening. I think every one of our listeners is uh, fully capable of following their dreams and, and learning what they need to do to finance all of that. We certainly have a large catalog of uh, episodes. I think we're getting close to our 40th episode now, which is a nice little milestone. We should celebrate. Anything you want to wrap this up with, Jonathan? Anything you want to conclude your origin story with? 
really just uh it's been a fun journey for me i would love to love to have a conversation extend my journey with uh with those listening um because really helping people truly inspires me and and keeps me going that's what that's what gets me out of bed in the morning and that's that's why i keep doing what i'm doing yeah well it's a it's a totally different conversation with somebody who's inspired about uh, investing and gets excited about their future as opposed to like dragging somebody along. So I, I totally understand that. If you are looking to invest and you want to figure out if you've got what it takes um, both financially and mentally, you can certainly, certainly shoot Jonathan an email at IP income at a mortgage plan.com. That's IP income and a mortgage plan.com. Uh, if you want to check out the free book that Jonathan uh, and I co-authored last year on investing, uh, it's called Investment Property Income. It's, uh, you can find that at the investmentpropertyincomebook.com. Of course, it's named the same as the podcast. We did a thing there to make it easy. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you soon.